Hello, and welcome to an independent episode of the Drywall Podcast. I am your host, once again, Nick Harmon. With us today, Dusty Pallard from Grand Prairie, Alberta. We talk a lot about pricing and how he was able to raise his skill level quickly by working with a journeyman. And we also talk about the union and how much he learned in the union and also maybe a little bit about proper level five. And then peace rate was just shit. Yeah, which is get the mud off the wall, get to the next job. Like, yeah, so I, you know, I used to learn the speed and then learn the finesse. Yeah, I think those two are very key because um, I think people that have done residential all their lives don't have that what it takes to do proper smooth finish, like proper level five. You well, know. that was the thing it was all commercial so i i never i've never done commercial before then so it was taught me a lot about level five you know different fire taping all that you know all the things you don't know about in residential dusty was an absolute pleasure to talk to and we have a very nice discussion and i hope you guys enjoy this one as much as i did shout out to can-am tools for sponsoring the drywall podcast in the month of november this is the third month that can-am has sponsored us and we appreciate them for that this is no ordinary month of sponsorship we'll be giving out some amazing can-am tools after every single episode in the month of november head on over to our instagram page and like the drywall podcast page and then be on the lookout for posts mentioning this particular giveaway and follow the instructions we'll be asking you to tag a friend and also mention in the comments what you enjoy about the podcast this week tune in tomorrow KM will be giving away an awesome flusher handle a roller handle and also a 32 inch compound tube they're brand new and they're beautiful good luck to everyone and thank you so much for listening to the drywall podcast the drywall podcast can be listened to on your favorite platforms such as podbean apple podcast spotify and also youtube and now you can enjoy watching the interview in its entirety on our youtube page go over there and hit subscribe we have a new episode every single friday and they're awesome but for now dusty pillard on the 70th episode of the drywall podcast let's get into it i like it i like it what's up dusty not much how are you today do something smart here and start a timer the you, you know you'd think that zoom would have like a cool timer up in the up in the but it does not oh yeah i've never done zoom really so cool cool welcome to the drywall podcast here we are how exciting i've never done voice online before voice not even voice yeah. it's weird isn't it it's a little i know weird, i thought about but... me doing like an fbi one so you know like when you're all blacked out with a different dark voice that would be cool. That would be cool. I don't yeah. think you're that. I don't think you're that mysterious, though. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. More will be revealed. Maybe you are that mysterious. Um, have you listened to the Drywall Podcast yet? Oh yeah, I've listened to about sixty to sixty-five. Shut the hell up. <laughs> oh yeah, there's only a few that I haven't. Interesting. Which ones have you not listened to? Maybe that you're gonna get to. You just haven't. It's more of like I like listening to the ones of the people that are I follow and see online, right? The, yeah. the couple guys online. It's kind of you know I've tried to listen to them, but then uh, you know I can't really relate because I don't sure. know them. So it's yeah, yeah, fair I enough. Just, I mean, th- if you're listening to that many, there's going to be episodes that you like and episodes that you don't like, you know, oh, or sure. yeah. don't connect that. But that's quite a few. Would you say that you're a podcast listener? No, just I just like to just yours, just because I get to see who these people are and more that's, than just pictures and reels. Ah, uh, that's fantastic. That's re- fantastic feedback. I mean, that was kind of the idea when I started, but I think 
you know, I think you got to have, you kind of have to have like some chops for it a little bit. Um, you know, ask the good questions. Maybe, I don't know, go down the timeline. My friend said, this is kind of like a human interest piece, you know, more, more so than drywall. I mean, we're learning about you guys, uh, we're digging, we're digging into what makes the drywaller tick. And it's fascinating to me the different stories. And at the same time, I feel like the podcast is building community because we all get to like experience each other's stories. It's so cool. Yeah. That's what I, that, yeah, for sure. It was like when I learned about Columbia, where they started and stuff that really was kind of interesting to find out. Cool. Just normal dudes, like tooling tools in the back of a drywall shop. Like that's crazy, you know? Yeah, because I spent, I lived a few years up uh, in the same area where I guess Columbia started. So it was kind of interesting to know that I might have been there at a time when I wasn't a drywaller and they were there building tools, starting their company. Uh, if you were there, how old are you? I'm 40. You're 40. Okay. So yeah, you would have been a baby. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. You yeah. know, yeah. 70s. Um, Bernie's, Bernie's old. Yeah. So I was a baby. Yeah. Like this was early on. Yeah, I guess that's true. But I mean, still, they may have been around when I was up there as a kid. So, yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. Some of the early iterations of uh, of those tools were kicking around, you know. Yeah. 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 Kind of fascinating. And what's the hat you're wearing there? Can-Am. We're we're both rocking the Can-Am. Rightly so, too, because uh, this month is Can-Am month on the Drywall Podcast. Wolfgang and those dudes were cool enough to... uh, uh sponsor the month of november wolfgang suggested that i talk to you um because maybe you're a can-am guy i don't know i am wolfgang's been uh one of my biggest supporters cool why how come i don't know like i just like i initially started this uh whole like instagram idea for columbia because back in the day columbia would give you like a tool ambassador for a certain amount of followers but they changed that over the years yeah and so uh, and then I just got connected with Wolfgang and he just was always supporting me. We've gone out for dinner, supper, met his okay. wife. Okay. So he's always, and, and he's giving me a little ice and it's just been great. Yeah. He's a good guy. Um, where are you from real quick? Uh, I'm originally from Victoria, BC and I'm currently in Grand Prairie, Alberta, which is about, uh, eight hours North of Calgary. Um, I was just this morning. I message with Sean Ramson, Brawley's dad. You know, he's all over now. <laughs> um, yeah. I was messaging him this morning. Uh, he posted a really great video about uh, our trip in Illinois. And, yeah. you know, we we're, were razzing each other about, he was talking about, you know, how this United States, Canada, um, how arrogant the the united states is to not un- understand or know the provinces um yeah, which yeah. i i still don't know i was i was talking to my friend and she, like she looked it up and it was like 13 provinces you know and she was naming all the provinces and i was like oh we should make a song with all the provinces yeah. <laughs> and uh it's pretty fun it's it's funny it's not funny but i've made it like a personal mission to like dig in and learn more about Canada. And it's so cool that there's such a, it's weird maybe in this industry that's different from other industries that there's a big Canada influence, you know, and where the Canada United States border is blurred in the drywall industry. It's very cool. Yeah. I noticed that too. Yeah. Yeah. Cause there's lots of, you know, there's lots of funny U.S. drywall guys that are influential on social media, and there's tons of Canadian uh, drywall people that are super influential and phenomenal tapers. You know, up there. Oh, yeah. There's quite. Yeah, it's been it's yeah. been some actually helped me finesse my even my own personal skills by just chatting online and getting to some little you know tips here and there. Cool. Well, let's start digging in a little. Pollard, Dusty Pollard. I want to say these things correct. Um, and you've been in the trade for how long? Uh, about 20 years. Uh, so quite a while, 20. What Was it like right out of high school? 
Uh, not really right out of high school, but like I, well, it was about a year after high school. I started hanging drywall. Okay. And uh, I got all that real quick. Cause yeah. I, wasn't, I wasn't quite done by, uh, to be real true drywaller. So I had to mess up a few times and, you know, not go anywhere in life for a few years. And then my friends picked me up one day and just said, you know what, dude, you need to come, come to work. You haven't had a job in like two years. And his dad owned okay. a drywall company and just hand me a pan and knife. That's funny. So you were messing up a little bit there for a bit, but you were yeah. kind of in, in and out of drywall or this preceded uh, hanging. You, you were uh, floundering. No, I, I, I hung drywall. Then I did some carpentry. I did some stucco. I just did labor okay. jobs. And then, yeah, I just didn't really want to do much with my life. Cause I was just a young yeah. kid with no direction. And yeah. And then I, yeah, I got taping right away. And then uh, six months later, I found I was having a baby. So I had to kind of stick with oh, it. Oh, shit. Uh, you were, uh, so what was the name of that company that your buddies encouraged you to jump on with? Uh, it was called Ocean Breeze Drywall. Ocean Breeze. Ooh, that's a pretty name. <laughs> uh, yeah. He's like, it's like 67. He's still kicking. Nice. Ocean breeze. Like the, the hanging drywall off the coast and you get the spray, the yeah. cold, the cold, misty spray. <laughs> yeah. Well, where I'm from, the small town, uh, when I was that age, they were putting in like 700 homes. So everyone in that small town was getting jobs at the subdivision. Okay. All right. So and you I started mean, out hanging, right? Yeah. I did that for about six months to a year and then that was enough for me. So. But that's, I feel like that's really a good place to start. I started with mud. I did, I hung a little bit, but not enough to be any good at it. Yeah. But I feel like if you have hanging chops, that's a really good foundation for taping. Am I wrong? Yeah, yeah I think so. I think it's, it's helped me quite a bit. Like I'm not the best boarder, but I mean, I can hang a room or whatever by myself. It's no problem. Right, right. I, okay. It's, it's, uh, you know, if you if you just hung drywall, I think it's harder maybe to learn taping. But if you kind of do both, it's kind of gets you a little bit further in life. Yeah, yeah. And you even have a little bit of framing, which I think is also important. Yeah, I've done like like maybe a couple times helping someone frame, but it's not really my forte. Not your forte. A steel stud or just regular uh, stick? Just regular framing. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sean Ramson does a little bit of, he's done some steel stud. So he's like kind of, he's into that stuff a little bit. Yeah. My buddy said it's easier to do than wood framing, but I just, what people see, I can buy. They're like, yeah, I'd rather do that. I've seen some of the cool, like the, the drywall art stuff where they're hanging that like bendy uh, metal channel stuff and then they're 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 have you seen that stuff and watch those guys do that it's so cool yeah I've, seen, yeah I've seen a few of it like when i've done like uh back in victoria we did a lot more commercial and it was a lot of that stuff when i was younger so cool and then you can have like the reveal you know up top you can have like a big reveal where you could put led light you could do yeah, fan like the yeah. fancy entertainment centers or whatever I'd like to learn how to do that. I don't say that much, but that yeah. is cool because it would look cool with the fresco too. Like, you know, oh. you could do it, do it all up. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. Very well. What else, Where are we going to go from here? So you're working with Ocean Breeze. Uh, yeah. You're tw 20 years old. At that yeah. time, are those guys using the tools or are you hand finishing? We were all tools. But okay. I was just a laborer and um he I was just making like twelve bucks an hour helping my buddy yeah, you know, do houses and uh it was I really wasn't going anywhere because I wasn't really, you know, learning much more than spotting screws and mixing mud. And then uh the owner of the company's good friend, he's an, he was an older fella and he had a hip replacement and he's like, I need you to come with me. He stole me from my friend and He's like, I'm going to teach you all the tools. And in six months, I got to go hit replacement. So you're going to take over all my contracts. Beautiful. What a smart guy. Uh, Who yeah, is that? So took me, uh, his name was Iz Jens. He's, he, he was my, he basically trained me. Wait, Iz Jens? Jens. Yeah, he's from, he was from Denmark. How do you spell that? J-E-N-S. J-E-N-S. Okay. Everyone calls him Jens. The way he pronounced it in Danish Jens. is Jens. Okay. Yeah. Yen, like the uh, like the the Chinese money, the yen. 
Yeah, I guess that's how. He, yeah, so everyone. But his nickname was Brother Robert. Call him Brother. Like he came over yeah, and stole, stole you away from Ocean Breeze. Yeah, well, he worked for Ocean Breeze. We're both subcontractors off of him. So he just took me from my buddy and took, brought me over to his side. Okay. And by this time, you're like, are you having an affinity for the mud? Surely Ocean Breeze let you spot some screws or play around with the mud a little bit. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. That was, yeah, that was spotting screws. I was, you know, we would hang garages and then we would tape houses, really. That's all we really were doing. And uh, so he, uh, yeah, then I was just always willing to work and show up and work late. And so, yeah, he just saw all that work ethic, said, come over and, I'll teach you some tools. He stole you. And he was a one-man operation? Yeah, he was. Okay. All right. Yin. So, yeah, that's and that's how I, I think I've gone that whole way in my life, too. I've just been a one-man show for 80% of my career. Okay. And what was the name of Yen's company? He was just a, he was just a sole proprietor, so it was just him. Okay. Just Yen. A single. Okay. Um... Neat, neat. So, uh, what? Uh, that's a cool opportunity for a drywall finisher to to Whoa. stumble upon a situation where the dude wants to show you everything so that you can take over while he's out. Yeah, that's so a, I went from twelve that's, an hour to forty percent of the contracts in within six months. Beautiful. And so, stop me if I'm wrong. Too, I was under the. I was in a three-year apprenticeship program. Now, the question has been breached recently that I've seen where they're like, how long does it take to learn drywall? I think I got into a debate recently. Actually, it was in Illinois. This contractor was kind of talking down his nose at Chad, who's a drywall dude. And I'm listening. And this is at a bar. And they've had a little bit to drink. And... The guy, and it kind of, it always falls into that realm of, I can do that. What you do is easy. He's not saying this verbatim, but the contractor's like, I'm a big time general contractor. I build houses or I babysit, I babysit subcontractors and you're a lowly drywaller. I could do what you do. It's so easy. And Chad was getting a little frazzled and, um, he was asking how long it takes to learn the trade. I was like, well, you know, and I started, there's a bunch of different ways to answer that question because the apprenticeship that I, the school that I went to was a three-year program, which is adequate, but the, the journeyman would still kind of suppress your learning ability because like, let's all face it, it isn't rocket science. If you're ambitious and you want to learn, you can pick up the trade like yeah. in a shorter amount of time. If you've got somebody willing to teach you and you can jump on that box or the bazooka and start yeah. finishing houses. Like I could teach somebody how to be a proficient finisher in a year. I guarantee you if they want to learn. Um, yeah. So I would say anywhere from a year to a, a three years, but I tell that story because you had this distinct opportunity to take a crash course in finishing. Where would you say that you were by the end of that six months when old Yen went in to have his hip replacement? Were you pretty proficient? I mean, I think I was pretty good, but I look back now at my finesse and I don't know about <laughs> <Yeah>. that. <laughs> I mean, I, it was probably rougher, you know, than oh. than... I could still like if like I don't want to jump ahead too far, but like about two years later, I jumped into the union, and I was a third year apprentice, and I was smoking their third year apprentice on the. Box. Oh yeah, oh yeah, because you'd been doing it. Yeah, like like you said, like the I think sometimes in the union they like they don't push you as hard to go as fast, and I was taught to go fast, so I was doing a wing of a unit of an apartment building with the box in one day, yeah. and they were doing three. And they're like slow down. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna that's my next question. I talked to the guys when we were all working up there, we would give them shit, like, hey, you're going too fast. You know, we were we were obviously having fun and not working at our fastest. But like, you know, I asked him, like, have you ever had anyone tell you to slow down? And I have, like, in, in, uh, when I worked in Crested Butte, the guys were like, hey, man, take it easy, take it easy. You know, we're, we got we got plenty of time on this. 
Yeah, no, yeah. I just, I like, even now, I like to go fast. I just, it's just the way I, I do too. I don't, the faster I work, the faster I go home. Well, and then when you start working Peace Raider, you start writing your own ticket. It's like the faster you work, the more money you make, you know. <laughs> Time is money. It was nice just to learn everything. It was, it was I mean, I, like you said earlier, I was a little bit rougher, but I mean, I was a year or two in and I could run every tool. That's and awesome. Early 20, 40, 50 grand a year in the early 2000s. That's decent money. That's decent money. Okay. So Yen has his hip replacement. He comes back. You're like, eh, don't worry, Yen. I got it, man. <laughs> well, no, I, we went together for two years, actually. And, but okay. then the recession hit. And that's why I would jump to the union because they were doing a lot of commercial. That must have been like 08 around that time. Yeah. It was, yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, very cool. Um, so you, so, uh, you worked with Yen for a couple of more years. Yeah. Did, were you able to round out your training at that point? Maybe get in, you guys weren't doing any texture, correct? Or were you? No, they had texture. It was a lot of, uh, skip trial. Like they did it by hand there. And the, the, they had one guy that usually did it all or two guys. I never, I never got, I never learned texture till about, I don't know, about 15, 16 years in. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was a little ways in when I learned texture, but what a valuable skill to learn. Yeah, I don't know why I was so afraid of it. I think that's, but I think why people don't want around here didn't want to teach me is because it's such quick, easy money. So they go do it in a weekend and make like 800 bucks. Why would they want yeah. to teach me how to? Yeah. Drywall is such a fascinating uh, um, trade because you've yeah. got the poor hangers they're making the same as the finishers right i mean maybe a yeah. little more or less depending on how fast you are that work is backbreaking those yeah. guys no offense those guys should make twice as much as the fucking finisher because <laughs> it's harder work well they finish fast. Then, they could get they make more money you know they can do if they're good enough and got a good crew you can do two hours a week if you're you know if it's a decent sized house Okay, so maybe they make up for it there. And then you've got the drywall finisher. And stop me if I'm, I could be wrong. Maybe I'm talking out my ass, but it's like way harder than painting. No offense to the painters. I've, you know, I barely breached painting and I don't want to pretend like I'm an expert painter or anything. Um, I am an artist. I do know about mediums and stains yes. and things like that. But painters do have to have a lot of knowledge when it comes to staining doors and, uh, yep. you know, these uh, uh, spraying apparatuses and things like that. Yep. But all that said, it's fucking painting. Sorry, guys. It, you don't impress me at all. <laughs> no, I've done some painting. I, I paint now. I mean, I'm not an expert painter, but I can paint. You can paint. Sure. Now, sure. painting is a trade where I get away, where you can get away with being like, okay, the homeowner's like, Oh, I, I'll just paint it. And it's like, you understand yeah. because it's just fucking painting. <laughs> like, okay, I understand that. When a homeowner says, I'm going to finish this drywall down here, you're like, good luck. Call me when you're ready, but it's going to be twice as much when you have to call yeah. me to come back because you're going to butcher it. Um, that's the difference between to me between painting and drywall finishing. Yet, painters get the same amount of money as a drywall finisher. Like, Yeah, I get I'm I guess if you look at it, just if they're just basic tape or painting, sorry, but I mean, sometimes you get some technical painting and a lot of masking off and a lot of prep and painting, I think. Sure. I think the drywall hanger should get more. Drywall finisher should come next. Texturing, yeah. sure. And then the fucking yeah. painter. Painter should yeah. not make as much as they do. I know. They make some good money. They make some good money. And then that price point keeps like going up. And it's like their excuse. Oh, price of materials. It's like the poor drywall guy over here. He's like, you know, paying. We're still paying 12 bucks a box for a, you know, a box of mud. I mean, yeah, the price has gone up a little bit on drywall materials, but not enough. Not enough that the builders stopped beating us up, you know, over price. Yeah, no, it's it's I've noticed that in the increase in prices lately. Like it's just compared yeah. to a couple of years ago. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah, I've gone up like a dollar fifty, and this is like yeah over the course of like twenty years, and then like the last yeah. two years. <laughs> oh yeah, and I, I remember a box a month was like twenty bucks, twenty two bucks a box a couple of years ago. Now it's like thirty four, thirty three. Okay, all right. I mean, it still seems the same down here. USD is different than Canadian, but uh, 
Uh, Home Depot, I hate to shout out to Home Depot, but here's here's a criticism, another criticism that I have, and we're kind of getting off base here, but that's okay. Uh, you got your local drywall shop. L&W yep. shares or uh, sells Fresco Harmony here in town. I try to support them. It's efficient for me to buy a pallet of mud and have them drop it off at my house. They charge me 50 bucks for the delivery, but it's still more yep. efficient for me to have the damn mud at my house and I can just pull boxes as I need them. I don't have to go yep. to... I don't have to go to the shop every time I need mud. Now, if I do have to go to the shop, it's more efficient for me to go to Home Depot because they, because I don't have to deal with the like yard guy picking daisies on his like forklift, going to get the material. I'm standing there for 30 minutes. I don't have that time. I go into Home Depot, I load up the cart, I take it out to my truck and I'm out of there in 10 minutes. Um, have you noticed that i got i don't know the here where i am now in grand prairie the two supply companies we have they're pretty decent like and it's not very busy here so when i get in there they're usually just standing around and okay i ask for the next day okay cool they're pretty here all right yeah that could be an albuquerque thing i don't know or it's the time of day that i'm showing up i don't know but if i need just a few boxes of mud I just prefer to go and get it and it's fast and efficient. Well, yeah, I need to buy it quite a bit so I can for the whole week so I don't have to go back a few times. Right. That's smart. Um, and I know that with Home Depot, you get bulk pricing if you purchase over 12 you know, boxes or whatever. And again, to my listeners, I don't like the big box stores. I do try to keep it local. Uh, but when time is a factor, uh, this is to all the distributors out there. Continue, make sure that you are, because I think the last time I went to L&W, it was around lunchtime and I stood there for fucking 30 minutes and it pissed me off. There was one dude running the forklift and there yeah. were four guys standing there waiting for materials. Yeah, I've been, when I was in Victoria, it was a lot busier there and you'd go there at the wrong time of day and it would be the same yeah. thing, 20 hour. Not okay, not okay, because dudes like me will be like, fuck it, I'll go to Home Depot, you know? And yeah. that, I'm just speaking plainly, you know. Uh, increase of price is what we're talking about, I think. Wasn't it? Increase of price, okay. And then, of course, they're super price competitive. But I haven't noticed much of a price difference here. Well, yeah, it's been like we have Certainteed and uh, like Cinco here. Okay. And it, so they've all gone up. But I guess now that Certainteed is actually cheaper than Cinco. So a lot of people have switched to Certainteed just for the price point. All right. All right, we digress. Uh, over back over to the story. You're working with uh, Yen. He yeah. can. He totally uh, dials you in by two years working with this guy. You get into like recession time. You're like Yen. I gotta go head over to the union. He understands. Does he go to the union too? Just out of no, curiosity. No, he's he's probably I don't know at that time maybe sixty. Okay, he keeps limping along. Yeah, he just does his own thing. He's kind of basically, you know, going looking into semi-retirement. He's had hip replacement and all that. So I just I just wanted something I thought would be good for myself being in union benefits. I have kids now and Okay. And it, you know, consistency was key then. Consistency was key. Let's go back to that. You had a kid early on. I you, I yeah. assume I'm you were 20, like 20. 22 when I had him. Okay. And what's your kid's name? Austin. Austin. Shout out to Austin. How old's Austin now? He's he just turned 18. This Holy year. shit. <laughs> what's that like? It's wild. It's pretty crazy to, you know, when I when I go to these parent teacher things, like I'm the youngest parent there, so it's kind oh, of yeah. different. Yeah, mine's seven. So yeah, I'm in yeah. second grade. Like, yeah. And I'm I'm I got you by seven years, so I don't oh, know yeah. if I'm, I'm one of the oldest parents there, but I'm older. I'm older than a lot of the other parents. That's cool, though. Did you have any other kiddos? I had three more. Holy shit. So you have four total. Yeah. Okay. What's the age? What's the age range? What are we looking uh, at? 16 is the other one. The other one. Okay. And I have an eight-year-old and a six-year-old. Eight and six. Okay. So you are in the second grade. <laughs> yeah. First grade, uh, you are going to those meetings, and those are those are more more your age group there. Those people, yeah. Now I, when I 
quote elementary school actually parent, not like an uncle or brother or something. Okay. And uh same woman? No, I've been married a few times. A few times. Okay. There's there's a couple baby mamas kicking around out there. Yeah. Shout out yeah. to them. Maybe no yeah. shout out to them. Oh no, I clog fine <laughs> with them. Okay. Drywaller. Now, okay, so let me guess. Let me guess. You would have a baby mama for the 18-year-old. There would be another baby mama for the 16-year-old, and then the same baby mama for the younger two. You betcha. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> and possibly you're still with the younger two's uh, baby mama. No, we separated. <sighs> I'm sorry. Um, how long ago? Uh, like last year. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, oh. That's tough. Were you married? Yeah, we were. Yeah. You were. Did you marry the other two? Just one. Just one. So you've been married twice. I've been married twice. Yeah. Well, the first okay. one we were just, uh, we had a kid young and uh, went through a lot and it just wasn't meant to be as a relationship, but we get along fine. Okay. And Austin is a boy. Uh, yeah. what's the 16 year old name and sex? Uh, his name's Dallas. He's a boy. Dallas boy. Um, and then this, you said the, six. Eight, he's, uh, my son is eight. He's, his name's Lincoln. Lincoln, three boys so far doing good. And the six yeah. year old, uh, my daughter, London daughter, finally got a daughter, London. Great names. That was it. That was over. Um, does Austin come and help you at all? No, he lives in Victoria. Okay. All right. And uh, he's, he's the brains of the family. He's actually in college and smart paying for himself to go to college and all that. Shut the hell up. What's he yeah. studying in college? Uh, business of men, uh, with a degree in marketing. Yeah. Smart. Help dad run the business one day. So he could get this degree and help me with, uh, with the business end of it. Dude, he would jack your business when he gets out of college, man. You'd have like 30 employees sit back. He'll <laughs> he'll build it up. Or he'll be like, Dad, let's do a different business. This, this business yeah. model, well, this doesn't I, work. <laughs> he's that, but yeah, he's, he's got more brains than than to stick with drywall. So. Nice, nice. That must be his mom, right? <laughs> I don't know. I think it, he says I, I'm his uh, inspiration because how I've, Everything I've been through, I've always stayed working hard and just driven, and it's just been an inspiration for him, he said. That's awesome. The little guys, they're watching, man. They're watching all the time. Yeah, yeah that's right. That's so cool. How cool would it be to uh, – I'm looking forward to those days when my son is, you know, older. But you really got to – you really have to appreciate those years when they're younger, you know, because they go so quick. Yeah, well, that's what it is. I didn't, I didn't really, you know, life went so fast that now that my younger kids are younger, it's kind of nice. I try to absorb every moment I can with them. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, very cool. So Austin's off. He's 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 in the. He's like, we're side note. Austin's getting prepared to take over Dusty's business, and you, he's just gonna jack yeah. your business. You guys are gonna be so yeah. busy. You'll just be doing office work all day and you won't have any time to go into the field. Yeah, no, I'd be good. I'd be good. I wouldn't mind yeah, that. Yeah, you wouldn't mind that. But you're in the union now. You're blowing the pants off of these guys. How long do you stay in the union for? I think I stayed for two years and the recession was just, you know, it was probably like 2010 and it was still pretty bad. And the union was even slowing down. And I just okay. felt like the union was a place for me. Why? I was I was just a little bit more driven. Like I just, you know, I wanted to work. I didn't want to do my nine to five Monday to Friday. <laughs> Eat lunch. Eat yeah. Lunch. Like you know, the break. Oh, hey, whoop, it's break time. Break time, guys. Yeah. We got to have yeah. two breaks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it, but it was nice because I worked with a really good journeyman, probably one of the cleanest tapers I ever worked with. And yeah. He taught me a lot of finesse. Like without him, I don't think I would have been as good. So, I mean, people I talk to, People talk trash about the union, but my experience with the union was like proper drywall. Like, and then peace rate was just shit. <laughs> yeah, it was just get the mud off the wall, get to the next job. Like, yeah, so I you know, I used to learn the speed and then learn the finesse. Yeah, I think those two are very key because um, I think people that have done residential all their lives don't have that what it takes 
to do proper smooth finish, like proper level five. You well, know, that was the thing to do was all commercial. So I, I never, I've never done commercial before then. So it was taught me a lot about level five, you know, different fire taping, all that, you know, all the things you don't know about in residential. Well, one thing that occurs to me is like, if there would be a dimple in the drywall, like the dudes would cut it out, rub it yeah. with the butt of their knife, you know, and it's like, what are you guys doing? Yeah, right. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> but you know you'd have these guys do it and then we would mess with some of the journeymen because you never beat in the screw or nail the well no. they didn't use screws but you never beat it in with the back of your knife so we go around like around like if we knew there was like an anal journeyman finisher and we'd like beat on the wall <laughs> come running yeah. what are you doing yeah right yeah. uh but i was an ornery uh apprentice uh, it probably goes without saying, you know, but uh, we had a lot of fun with those guys. So uh, post union, uh, wh- where does Dusty go from here? You, you, well, I did, did a little bit of piece work for a few guys, and I was at doing a hotel, and I was making twenty dollars an hour subcontract, and it was just brutal. And uh, my ex wife was we were married then and she's she had friends in alberta and she's like it's getting busy there do you want to head out there and i ended up landing a some contracting work out here so we just in january of 2011 we uh moved out here okay and now forgive my ignorance the location of grand prairie alberta to victoria how far are we talking oh uh 1400 kilometers away okay so it's a good day day and a half drive Okay. Okay. That's a bit. Oh, yeah. That's a bit. Yes. It was a big change coming from the West Coast to never seeing real much snow or minus colder than minus five. It was a bit. We moved up in January in sandals and shorts. Okay. And it was minus. So it was a yeah. big change. A little chilly. A little bit chilly yeah. up there. Yeah. I've chilly. seen some of the snow pictures coming in. Sorry, everybody. It just finally got cold. I had to put on a hoodie. Yeah. That's not yeah. Like Victoria, yeah. my buddy was lawn last week in t-shirt and shorts yeah yeah um i'm originally from washington state so my i'm up in that area it was cold rainy but like uh portland oregon was my where i worked in the union okay yeah yeah it's kind of deal is i get you know the whole west coast up that northwest is same kind of weather Frigid. It it gets frigid. Probably more rain down there than Victoria, but I mean, Victoria gets its fair share of rain. Oh yeah, quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. Coming off the coast there, cool. So you so you work on this job. It kind of sucks. This piece rate job. Is this when you kind of decide that you're going to go on your own? Yeah, like I just uh, like I was just tired of making no money. You know, I was only working six seven hours a day, and so yeah, just like I said, we got we got this friend of ours at the time saying there was work up in Northern Alberta. So try to line up a gig. And so we took off. Drywall man. Um, Are you, you familiar with that guy? Yeah. Oh yeah. David. Are you on uh dry? Are you on the drywall magazine page on Facebook? Oh, you betcha. Yeah. I've seen you, you know, your name is, it's very popular in my, in my database of like drywall names, you know, dusty. Yeah, I'm, around for uh, on the social media stuff i think for a while so we've been following each other for a bit yeah yeah i for sure yeah like i like to i just like to support people any way i can and just get to know everybody and just yeah it's hard for me to know who's nice and who isn't you know there was a period in time where like there were some not nice people but my experience with interviewing like dudes, it doesn't matter who it is. We're all like, we're all drywall dudes and everybody's so cool. It's so, you know, not what I expected. Yeah. No, for sure. Like even some of the interviews you've done, it's like, wow, that's, that was kind of neat to learn that. That guy's really neat or that girl's really amazing. Like, I can't believe she's doing that. You know, like, like they're all so cool. Like, you know, drywall shorty and you know, uh, Aaron and Elliot with Columbia, just coolest guys in the world. And, you know, just whoever, uh, they've all been so great and yourself included too. So I try. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, David, you, you caught his, his, uh, interview with drywall. Yeah. It was interesting to learn the struggles and stuff that he went through and, you know, 
what made who he is today. Yeah, yeah. Very cool though. He was his was his was a fun one. There's been a couple of fun ones that uh, you just would have never thought. So, uh, so branching out onto your own, how does that, how, how do you do that? How do you move to a different place and then all of a sudden have work or was that a struggle? Uh, I put an ad online. Someone responded, say, I got a job for you. And it was only one house. I just went out on a limb and just came up here. And I was only at the time, like one or two houses a month, but that was plenty of money for me. Yeah. And then, uh, it ended up being three different subdivisions over four years. So I was steady for years. Nice. Nice. And what? at that time you're running, what tools are you running? What are we talking about here? I've always been a machine taper. Yeah. But at the time I was running, uh, old school Columbia ones, like the old gray ones. Okay. You still and got some went, of those. Do you have some of those oh, tapers? I, I can't throw anything away. So I have it. All cool. Still cool. When can you send me photos of some of the, your old school tools so I can post them and I'll uh, splice them in on the video? Sure. Yeah, I'll do that. I think I sent them to Aaron to see if I get them fixed up, but I don't know if it's going to be worth the cost. I don't know. Those vintage tools are pretty cool. You oh, you heard are... my interview with uh, oh, the vintage tool guy. Oh, yeah. That's what kind of inspired me a little bit to start like, like totally. pictures and yeah. yeah, you saw little, some of the old the old banjos that he has and stuff. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. Pretty, that was pretty neat. Yeah, I, I even have some old uh, flat applicators from uh, a company called Better Than Ever. Yeah, Can Am bought them out, right? So, uh, they, uh, now Can Am is it's better than ever. <laughs> yeah, it definitely. <laughs> I switched from Columbia. I got a cheap uh, tape pro bazooka. Okay. Interesting. Went, why? Why? The... How come? Well, this guy I was working for, his brother, just wanted to get rid of the bazooka. He he's trying to learn how to use it, and he couldn't figure it out. And so I bought it for a good deal. And then I ended up buying some boxes to match the set, and uh, went with that for a few years. Cool though to to run two different sets though because now you kind of have an experience of how one company one company's tools are made versus a different company. Yeah, it was kind of neat, but then I kept struggling with you know getting parts and stuff for the bazooka. Ah. I ended up going to, uh, the last two years I was working for him. I uh, did semi-automatic taping with the fl with the applicators. Okay, all right. Because it was just, I just, it was just impossible to get parts. So I was just, I didn't want to slow down the process. So I just bought a couple applicators and a compound tube and went at it. Why didn't you go back to the Columbia? Well, I don't know. It was just, I was just frustrated with being able to get parts as far north at the time. There was, you know, take a week or two. And that time I need, I only had one bazooka at the time because the other one was broken. And getting tape pro parts was even harder to get. Okay, and it, it was difficult to get parts it, dealing with Columbia as well. I mean, there were there were what the shops here had, so I mean they could get parts, but I think it was more myself not understanding the tool and pushing it too hard and just breaking things and just not understanding how it worked and not having the time to sit down and yeah. actually fix it. Yeah, you know? I always feel like it's not like running the bazooka. You don't learn how to run the bazooka. You learn how to fix the bazooka when it breaks. <laughs> Yes, exactly. It's <laughs> simple. I mean, if I if yeah. I had if I had Aaron on speed dial like I do now with social media, anytime I had a problem, <laughs> right away he tells me how to fix. It. Yeah, and just for our listeners, Aaron probably doesn't go on speed dial for most of the people using Columbia <laughs> tools. Like... Well, I should say speed dial, but I mean, I just him on Instagram, or I mean, he's very even through email. Yeah. Hours, he's very. Good yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But so so you start. You're like, screw it. I will go backwards a little bit and run yeah. the applicator tube. How did that system work where you're running the applicator tube uh, and putting on tape? That's got to be a new system for you because you're used to the bazooka. It, it was it was a little bit of a learning curve, uh, <laughs> like how to do it all. And Walk so. me through how you were doing it with just the tape. Well, I would just run the, the ceilings first off stilts, right? You would... Uh... 
I would just run all the flats and then I would get down and run all the flats in the walls and then do the same system with angles. Now let's back it up even further though. You're putting the mud on with the compound tube and then you have one of those weird tape roll dispensers on your belt and you're putting the tape on and then wiping it in. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's hard for me to like even conceive after running the bazooka. Like if I was oh, running my, my own company, it's like I would have just bought a new bazooka the next day and been like well, i was going through a divorce then and i was a little bit lost a little all bit right okay i was not really focused on i just wanted to make money so i just threw the bazookas into the storage and went this way and this is when you got on with can am and i do believe that system there's a place for it and i think it's right before maybe graduating to a bazooka um why not the banjo versus that system i didn't even know about a banjo then okay didn't even know they existed like social like I, that's probably right when i started this whole instagram thing and i you know i would more post about personal stuff than drywall stuff sure you this is probably 12 2012 2013 yeah okay yeah yeah you know yeah. I, so drywall I talk yeah like dry, drywall talk was like an early platform for drywallers yeah, drywall junkies on facebook and yeah that one was rowdy everybody was yep. mean yeah <laughs> brutal at times did you and you heard my uh interview with kyle yeah you bet yeah drywall junkie nicest guy <laughs> yeah yeah he's a good dad yeah, I, I, he, I think two years ago i won a contest so i got a hoodie and hat and oh yeah yeah it was pretty yeah cool. i've got a junkie's hat i like his his hat's one of my i like that style that richardson 112 style for whatever reason you don't use a banjo you don't use a bazooka you jump on with can-am was there aspects of running and finishing with the semi-automatic tools that you really enjoyed at that time uh i like the fact that you didn't have any air bubbles because sometimes with the pump on a bazooka you can get air bubbles Okay. So you could, uh, there was when you taping, it was just, and then your your angle tapes are always perfect because bazooka are either short, long, you know, eighty percent of the time. I don't care who you are, so your angles are perfect every time. Mine were uh, perfect. The, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> well, I don't know, mine, mine never perfect, but I mean, it's probably because I'm going too fast. I don't care. I just want to cut it and go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Except for the metal, you know, the corner bead where you get like a little sliver over the. The, yeah. edge of, the edge of the corner bead that's always great <laughs> yeah so yeah i just that was one of the benefits of semi-automatic is that it's almost foolproof okay what do you think of the three-way have you tried that system yet i have never three-way out yet no interesting it seems like you would like that that might that might be up your alley you, you might a few times i've i've pre-taped my three ways and then just when i run the bazooka or, or just do with the tube you just roll and flush and you're done See, I was like, I'll bet you'd, I'll bet you would dig him. Uh, with the so, every interviewee gets a swag bucket from CSR, and I think they throw in a packet of three ways. So oh, you'll nice. get, maybe you'll get to try some out. It takes a while though. People bug me, but I'll, I'll like wait a couple months, and then everybody, I'll, I'll get the addresses over to CSR, and they'll send out the swag buckets. Oh, I'll be um, to try one of those out. Yeah, for sure. Very cool. So that's how you got introduced to Can-Am. Yeah. They, they're kind of like the corner of the semi-automatic tool market, yeah? Yeah, they're they're uh, up here in Canada. They're like, you know, the way to go if you're semi-automatic. Okay. And there's, there's kind of both schools up there. People just do the semi-automatic, it seems like, and people do automatic. Yeah, and then there's a lot of the guys that do the super taper too. Yeah, I feel like that. I call that the trainee tool. That's like the bazooka yeah. train, the bazooka trainer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I get a few guys get pretty fast on flats with it, but when I bring the bazooka for angles, I smoke them. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> it goes without saying. And I'm biased. I ran the bazooka. I did piece rate with a bazooka. Yeah, we learned the bazooka up in when I was in the union, like when i moved to arizona and people were running the banjo i was just like what why are you guys still running the banjo it was like you know when you're learning it's everything's confusing and the different yeah. systems you people have a proper way of doing it and then you move somewhere else and it's like oh no this is the proper way and then i go to colorado and it's like oh no no this is the proper way but the advantage is learning these different systems 
just really rounded me out as a finisher. Yeah. I was gonna say that, yeah, for sure. Because you know, not every job's the same, and I was yep. lucky enough to, to get nothing but new construction for the first, you know, eight, nine, ten years of my life. So all I was doing was these cookie cutter houses. So I didn't need to learn anything else. Right, right. So you started to get pretty busy with uh, finishing in in Grand Alberta Prairie. Grand Prairie, and you're and you're still up there doing finishing, and maybe now you run both both or whatever sets you want. You kind of have a, you know, you've got attention from you got a Brawley's dad hat up there. I just noticed. I, yeah, yeah, I was one of the people to get. I don't have a Brawley's dad hat. This is bullshit. Oh, that's Sean's <laughs> fault. I think I, I think I, I think I won his first contest. Oh, you did? I. Yeah. It's my fault because I didn't tell them I was going to Illinois. I surprised them, oh. and so he brought Brawley's stuff for all of the other dudes, but not me. So, well, you better get on it. Christmas soon. Yeah, Christmas is coming. It's yeah. funny. So yeah, we're 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 considering doing more of these trainings. Uh, I've talked about it a little bit where we find a house that somebody finds for, to do fresco harmony. And then we all yeah. just meet up there and like, yeah, go. It'd be, be so fun. Over <laughs> at Columbia, but I had to end up working. I had, I messaged him to go. And then two days before I couldn't get out of work. So I ended up not coming over to Vancouver to see you guys. Oh yeah, it would have been great to meet you. SSB yeah. is yeah. he's doing fresco. Like you he's know, he had he had there. a private he had a private uh he had a private little lesson there. I, I think we had nine people signed up and he was the only one really that showed. There was this other dude that showed up that wanted to learn about like the taper. He had no clue how to run a taper. He was like a DIYer. Oh wow. <laughs> Those guys had their hands full with him. And I and uh uh uh, SSB and I, uh, we liked it. I did that accent wall and he, he was asking tons of questions and then he's done a couple projects up there now. Yeah. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I've seen a few. Pretty cool. Yeah, he's uh, pretty really, really cool guy. Really nice guy. Yeah. We might be yeah. doing some work together in the future. I, he's got some jobs coming up and he asked, he asked if I wanted to join him. So I might be helping him. There you go. And have yeah. you, you haven't dabbled with the fresco yet? No, I got, I got one of your uh, sample packs. So I just haven't had a chance to, I keep asking people, they want me to do it. And around here, people don't know what it is. So they're like, I don't know. We'll just stick to paint or drywall. Yeah. Or whatever. Well, I think even preceding that though, I think find a wall in your own house or a friend's yeah. shop and do an accent wall yeah, because, my... and, and make a sample. You know, don't worry about selling it out of the gate. Do it for, and I'll tell people like, make sure you want to do it. Make sure it's something you want to do before you, you know, go selling it. I I think when people get most excited is after they start doing it. Then it's like, oh, this is like super easy, and I can make a cool wall in their house. Like, yeah, no, it's pretty like that's what I've seen. Like it, it seems daunting at first, but really, it's you know, it's just throw mud on the wall. <laughs> Yeah. it's it's breaking all of the rules like we're leaving an unflat surface we're leaving flash marks all over the place yes. and then we, we're not even sanding it so it's like it's very dumbed down drywall and it looks beautiful when you're done that's the beauty of it yeah i love some of the colors it looks amazing thank you thank you uh yeah and we're getting more colors all the time and people are using it and um I think the drywall podcast has a lot to do with that, but I mean, people like Cam and, you know, Sean are jumping on board and they're giving, you know, it's getting a lot of uh, attention more or more so now, you know, that we're playing around with all these cool dudes, you know? Um, so a new question I've been asking, maybe you've heard, maybe you haven't is a, system in the recently that you've adopted now you're 20 years into the trade you run your own company you've worked in the union you've worked with uh yen these great finishers maybe there's and you've tried some different systems is there a system recently that you've adopted where you thought there's no way i'm going to do it that way 
and you started doing it a different way and you found that you loved it. Well, there's, yeah, there's a way like, um, picking your three ways. Okay. Like when you run your angles, I always just code them right away and then gouge in or whatever. But uh, what okay. I told me, uh, Ben M taping on Instagram or what you probably follow him. Yeah. I've got He's a sticker. To- I've got one of his stickers. Yes. So I, uh, what he said to do was to just like clean it out, but then go back later. And once you pick them all out and set up a little bit and just go back with thick mud, like, you know, pretty thick out of your pan, then hit your three ways that way. And you'll have less gouges. So you're saying if you pick your angles, like if I was doing angles with a bazooka or whatever, I'll go through and maybe do a room and I'll go through on a, on a bench or something. And I'll pick those angles out right away. He's saying, do that, but go back and do them again. Kind of. No. What, when you're coding angles with your flusher, like after. Okay. On the coding, on the coding. coding, corner right so you get it all bundled up bundled up in there and so i would just coat them right away but he said just clean them all out then come back later with thick mud not that thin mud and your your three ways will be a lot nicer and you tried that yeah it works pretty good it works pretty good okay all right um now let me ask you this were you resistant to that idea at first it's like uh, it seems like it would take longer that's it i like to be efficient so i was like well i don't know if that's Ben I'm M, you're, you're an idiot, dude. What are you talking about? Go back. <laughs> oh, yeah. I tried it times. And on Sanding Day, I was like, okay, yeah, this is the way to go now. Ah, okay. So you shifted. You did shift. That's the old, way I do it now. Old dogs. We'll call this the old dogs can be taught new tricks segment yes. of the podcast. Um, yeah. And then... <laughs> sometimes. And then, of course, your uh, pearl of wisdom. Oh, my pearl wisdom. There's always, you know, more than one way to skin a cat. Yes. You know, like you get taught like one way to do things, but I mean, at the end of the day, it's what works for you and the job. Sure. Sure. And maybe don't be so, uh, don't be so judgmental of other systems until you've tried it. I mean, I was always judgmental. Like I was on this podcast about the banjo. Mm Hmm. But I've seen some dudes, especially down here, that can really rip that banjo, man. And it and it has to do with multiple people. So with the banjo, if you've got a couple of banjos loaded, these dudes will go around and they'll rip the banjo. And then you've got dudes, you know, or maybe the apprentice is filling up the banjo. I mean, at that point, okay. Like, you could have two bazookas, like, rolling two, and, like, nobody would be able to keep up. But I've seen some – but now you're in $3,000 versus a couple hundred bucks. That's a significant difference, you know. Yeah. Bazooka is definitely a big money tool, so – it's big money, but they're so worth it too. And uh, and you're still using Can-Am tools, correct? Yeah, I do. But I still, like, if I'm doing a big house, I will run the Columbia Taper. Okay. But what about the boxes? Like, oh, yeah. I've always finished with boxes because I'm a knife taper. I'm not a trial. So I uh, just run the boxes on everything. Yeah. I run yeah. 10, 12, and I got the Tape Tech 15. We're skimming tape tech okay see we haven't talked about tape tech at all no i switched tape tech years ago for boxes for boxes why well i to be like well aaron's gonna be listening aaron's gonna be listening too so (laughs) choose choose your words wisely (laughs) well after my alberta i went back to victoria i think three years ago to run a crew and uh when i was there some guy was retiring and selling his 10 and 12 inch tape tech for 200 bucks Okay. So I bought these old boxes and I've wanted to, I didn't want to skim anymore by hand because I was skimming everything by hand because I do three coats. Yeah. And so I was deciding between the Columbia 14 or the Tape Tech 15 and I figured, well, one inch is bigger. So why not? You know, that inch matters. And uh, I got that 15 inch box and it's been pretty nice. Okay. All right. All right. Cool. I've been running. But then when I was, when I was running the crew, they had Columbia. So I had, use Columbia once in a while too for their boxes when sure they had their what do you like better about the tape text than the Columbia um their seals are pretty tight 
okay. around the box. So All like right. they're almost push that gate back in when you open it to clean it like it's so tight. Oh, okay. So you you know it's I it just seems a lot smoother to run, but I mean Columbia's pretty comparable. Sure. Sure, of course. Yeah, yeah. And <clears throat> you know, just seeing the factory over there and uh meeting those guys it's all valuable information you i think it's hard to glean honest feedback especially nowadays somebody's representing some company or this company or i can talk about can-am but i can't talk about this company i feel like it's more the more honest and open we are about the tools the better the tools will be for sure. When anybody ever asks me questions on social media, I try to give them honest reviews, not just because I want to sell them a product. Even though I don't sell any products, I just want to give someone honest so they don't waste their money. Sure, sure. You are pretty. Who else do we got up here? I see a couple hats behind you. I love that you have like you've got a little uh, you got your little sticker board up there. Yeah. Canadian flag. You got the tomahawk. Yeah. Got the Can-Am shirt. SSB drywall. Yeah. Oh, I try to try to get everyone in there so they could, you know, get. Some... Oh, it's cool. Yeah. So yeah, I try to everyone that sends me stuff. I always try to keep it up somewhere and represent them when I can. Fucking Brawley's dad, dude. Brawley's dad construction. <laughs> I do. It. I do have a hoodie. I do have a hoodie, so I should give him a uh, shout yeah, out for that. Yeah. yeah, the hoodie's cool. Maybe we'll have to trade. Uh, very, very cool. Dusty Sorry. Pollard. See, I'll just cut yeah. that out. Dusty Pollard on the Drywall Podcast, 40 years young out of Grand Prairie, Alberta, crushing it. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. If yeah, no our listeners want to follow Dusty on any social media platforms, what is your, well, we got you on Instagram. Yeah. Drywall dude on Instagram. Yep. Drywall dude on Instagram, YouTube. You have a channel on YouTube. Yeah. Dusty's drywall. Dusty's drywall. And how many videos do you have on YouTube? Oh, I don't know. Probably 20 or 30. I kind of, it's hard for me to get on YouTube. I just, it's a lot yeah. of work. Yeah. It's a lot of work. you and you use, what platform do you use to edit? Uh, I use mainly just Instagram and TikTok. Okay. All right. TikTok. You'll use TikTok and just edit your videos there and then maybe drop them into different platforms. Yeah. When I'm making my memes or whatever, I use an app called CapCut. It makes some good, funny green screen so you can add whatever you want to it. Oh, CapCut. Interesting. Yeah. That's a good way to make a funny meme because they'll generate ones that are trending or whatever. So you can kind of make it drywall related. And Oh, is it like a meme generating app? That's kind of cool. Yeah, that's where like a lot of my like I've made a pretty fair amount of memes on my Instagram, and uh, that's where I usually it comes from. I've probably shared some of your memes to my story. I oh. try not to steal them outright, but I do love a good meme, especially on the Drywall Podcast page. You know, because that's more like promoting other drywallers, promoting tools, promoting companies. So it's that's a great platform because I can just I see cool stuff and as I'm scrolling and I can just share it right to stories. Yeah, no, for sure. That's what I always try to do. Is just whenever I, I get anybody sends me anything to try out or if I buy something new, I always try to tag them and put it on there so I can put all my socials and just try to help them get some views and very maybe cool. sell some stuff. Yeah, and then you're still on Facebook as well too, right? You bet. Yeah, yeah. People, I think, undervalue Facebook, especially in drywall. I'm oh, still yeah. getting tons of hits on Fresco Harmony stuff on Facebook. Yeah, my, my business is like, since I moved back to Grand Prairie, it's been mainly off of Facebook. Yep. It's crazy. Like, people like my page, and then the next day I'm going to bid a job. I'm like, it's crazy. I'm not even having to do anything. Yep, yep. So if you're listening and you're like under the... You know, oh, Instagram's everything and TikTok banner. Be mindful of Facebook. Go and don't just like drop stuff from Instagram to Facebook. Go into Facebook, engage with the audience because people kind of know if you just share from Instagram to Facebook and you're never engaging. I think it's uh, I think it's valuable. What does the future hold for Dusty in the drywall space? 
well, I hope to just to keep doing what I'm doing and uh, I don't really want to expand any more than who I am. I just like doing my little, like I've gone down to doing small jobs, not houses anymore. And I kind of like ah. doing two or three small because you're not working as not standing as much and i just hope to continue to be able to do this job for as long as i can because it's i was born with the right name for this job so yeah yeah um all you have to do is incorporate a little bit of fresco harmony dude and you'll double your profit yeah, i'll try <laughs> cool thank you so much for being with me today this was an absolute pleasure uh pretty cool right yeah no it was, um, wolfgang pushed me to do it too so i'm glad he did yeah, were you a little reluctant to do the podcast and why? I just never I'm not a big fan of putting my, you know, face and mug on on video, so but, you know, Wolfgang did it, so why can't I, right? Yeah, yeah, he yeah, no offense to Wolfgang, but I feel like he was a little nervous too. And I'm trying yeah. to get uh I'm trying to get Zach to, yeah, to... I've never. Been, yeah, it'd be interesting to get him on there. Uh huh. Yeah, he's nervous, so we'll have to. We'll have to like. We'll have to pull him in, wrangle him in. Just let people know too if you're interested in coming on the Drywall Podcast or you know somebody. It might seem a little intimidating, but it's not that big a deal, and it's a great conversation, and people want to hear your story. Well, for sure, I think it'll help you grow as well, and you know, get to yeah. interact at a personal level other than just online. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much, dude. Uh, we will be in touch. You'll get a swag bucket. This episode's going to drop in a couple weeks and, yeah. uh, yeah, it'll be awesome. We'll keep you awesome. posted awesome. too. Good. All right, sir. You have a good rest of your day. We'll talk soon. Yeah. Thanks. See you later. Have a good day. Bye. Shout out to Dusty for being with us on the drywall podcast today. I appreciate your time and I look forward to meeting you in person in the future. Shout out to Can-Am Tools for sponsoring the Drywall Podcast in the month of November. This week, Can-Am is nice enough to be giving away a super cool finisher handle, a super sweet roller handle, and a gleamingly gorgeous compound tube. Head over to our Instagram page, like the Can-Am page, like the Drywall Podcast page. Tag a friend in the post when we post it. Tell us a little bit about why you like the Drywall Podcast and voila, these amazing tools could be yours. Tune in next week on Friday as we will have Danny Carrillo, our very own Albuquerque resident and materials expert right here on the drywall podcast thank you so much for joining me and all our friends on the drywall podcast today i appreciate it very much i hope you all have an amazing weekend and remember keep drywalling <laughs>